Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where OP shares the truly epic tale of playing the long con against his cheating wife. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway Rev. My revenge began when I discovered my wife's infidelity. Let's call her Carrie. After 14 years of marriage and three kids, I saw a text appear on our work phone for just a few seconds that would forever change my life. It was a message that was romantically graphic and had no business being on anyone's work phone. The message was on the lock screen and the sender's name was visible. Let's call him Paul. Background. I married Carrie when I was 25 and she was 22. I was teaching high school at the time and she was a registered nurse. After having our first child, Carrie became a stay-at-home mom. Money was tight, so I took on an admin role in my department and coached two sports for the stipends. We made do, and after a few annual pay raises, I stopped coaching and took advantage of a program to earn an administrative credential. Once I made the jump to administration, our last child was ready for preschool and Carrie decided that she wanted to go back to work. Nursing jobs are always available, but they're not always the best options. Carrie pretty much had to start working back at the bottom, working alongside nurses that were a lot younger than she was and could work back-to-back double shifts that took a toll on Carrie. When she asked her supervisor about other positions, she was told that, without a Bachelor of Science degree in nursing, she wasn't going to move up. I told her that, between preschool, after school, and my retired mother, who was always willing to pick up the kids from school and watch them, I'd support her getting her degree. It took her three years, but eventually she earned her degree and was promoted to a better position at the hospital. Things were good for a while. We had plenty of money, so we finally moved into our own McMansion, bought new cars, etc. I had moved from school administrator to district administrator, so I had more time to spend with Carrie and the kids. She was working a more predictable schedule, and even with my often long hours at work, this change allowed us to finally take vacations to all the places we'd put on a list during our honeymoon. At some point, years later, I noticed that she started carrying two phones with her. When I asked her about it, she said that it was a phone provided by the hospital. I didn't question her explanation because my district had also given me the option of a phone. Again, months went by and I thought that we were a happy, perfect family. When I went to go charge my phone in our den, I saw a light blinking on her work phone. She had a habit of always turning her phones face down when charging them. Out of curiosity, I reached over to the phone and flipped it over. A message popped up on the lock screen asking her when she'd like to be orally pleased again, but in much more graphic language. I also saw that it was sent by a guy named Paul. The world stopped around me. I just froze. My first thoughts were, what the hell was that about? It's her work phone. That kind of message gets people fired. Then it hit me. Was Carrie having an affair? It's funny how the brain works. I suddenly started remembering a lot of the things that Carrie had done that seemed odd but I'd either dismissed him myself or immediately accepted her explanation. She was always walking out of the room to answer a call or return a text, and she claimed that it would violate HIPAA if I overheard her talking about a patient. I accepted this because education has similar privacy laws regarding students. She would sometimes come home with a faint smell of cologne on her clothes and claim that it was from helping to move male patients. Again, I accepted this at face value, but it always struck me as odd how it seemed to be the same scent of cologne. Once the proverbial barn door was open, I started seeing a lot of things that I'd missed before. Our love life in the bedroom had cooled off considerably, which wasn't helped by her having to leave the house at odd hours to fill in for other nurses who called in sick. 
I also remembered where I'd seen the name Paul before, and I called the hospital to confirm that he was a doctor there. For the next week or so, I was walking around in a daze trying to put all the pieces together. One of our kids had left a book in Carrie's car, so I used that as an excuse to visit the hospital. Carrie had told me that personal visits were frowned upon. I sent my kid up to get Carrie's car key, and I talked to a nurse in the lobby and joked about how work phones seem like a blessing, but all they do is put you on call 24 hours a day. This led to her eventually telling me that the hospital was too cheap to give cell phones to nurses, so only high-level executives got them, which did not include Carrie. With pretty much everything confirmed, I took some personal time off the next day to talk to a divorce lawyer. The news she gave me was horrible. We lived in a community property state with no-fault divorce. I made more money than Carrie, she'd been the primary caretaker of the kids, and we'd been married for more than 10 years. Basically, if I filed for divorce, I'd be screwed. I'd lose the house, pay alimony, she'd get a huge chunk of my retirement, and I'd pay child support for the next decade unless I was lucky enough to be awarded joint custody. The worst thing she told me is that it didn't matter that she cheated. It didn't matter. I was crushed. There was only one person I could trust with this kind of information. She was a fellow teacher that had also made the jump to administration. Let's call her Anne. Anne had gotten married at 19 years old, but her marriage was annulled when her husband got some other woman pregnant. Since then, she'd focused on her career, and we'd found out that we were kindred spirits in a lot of ways regarding K-12 education. I talked to Anne. She said something to me that made me change my whole mindset. If you don't like the hand that you're dealt, change the deck. I realized that I had two problems. I made more money than Carrie, and she had more time than me to be the primary caretaker of the kids. The second issue was actually kind of easy. At every district office, there are jobs that are fast tracks to higher positions, and there are jobs that administrators just suffer through. One of these dead-end regulatory positions was open again. I sat down with our district superintendent and asked to be transferred to that position. At first he was shocked, but I told him that it was my turn to take one for the team, and it would fill a hole in my admin experience. He agreed. It was really just crunching numbers with no personnel or student interaction, so I could set my own schedule and even take my laptop and work from home. With my new free time, I began taking the kids to school, picking them up from school, and taking them home. I'd help them with their homework, make dinner, etc. Even though the end goal was to become their primary caretaker, I can't explain how much I really enjoyed taking a more active role in their day-to-day -day lives. My salary hadn't been reduced, so I needed to find a way for Carrie to make a lot more money than she was in her current nursing position. I remember Carrie being mad when her supervisor told her, in the future, bachelor degrees will be worthless and everyone will need at least a master's degree. Carrie had worked hard to get her bachelor's degree, and that supervisor's comment pissed all over her hard work. So, I talked Carrie into pursuing a master's degree in nursing. I told her that since I had a much more flexible work schedule, I could just take care of the kids. She was reluctant at first, but then I said, you could have every evening free to study or go to class, whatever you want to do. I saw her eyes immediately light up, probably thinking that she could spend more time with Paul. To make sure that she was actually completing her master's degree courses, I paid her tuition and fees directly to the university. It was going to take her two to three years to finish. Those years were pretty rough at times. I could tell every time that she was rushing off or coming back from seeing Paul. There was an excitement or sense of satisfaction in her eyes that just wasn't there when she was doing her coursework. I had to either smile or pretend that I just didn't notice. 
My temper got short at times, and I found myself in arguments over petty nonsense. A couple of times I almost blew it, and I had to bite my tongue and apologize rather than scream insults at her that she deserved. Anne remained my confidant throughout all of this. I had recommended her for my previous fast-track position, and she joined me at the district office. Anne was qualified, hardworking, ambitious, and only needed to get her foot in the door to impress the higher-ups. I even got a few pats on the back for recommending her after she impressed everyone. Anne and I started our own affair. It wasn't some hot-blooded, passionate romance, but instead, two friends giving each other what they need. Without Anne, I wouldn't have been able to maintain the charade of being the oblivious cuckold. So, when Carrie would come home smiling after spending time with Paul, I was able to bear it and smile back because I had my own lover. After three and a half years, Carrie completed her master's degree and got a promotion at the hospital. Her salary went up substantially and was now higher than mine. When the kids and I made her a congratulations dinner, I made a joke about her being the breadwinner for the family and she laughed, joking back that I should be the stay-at-home dad now. A month later, I went back to that same lawyer, who didn't remember me at first, and I told her the financial situation had drastically changed. With these new facts, she drafted the petition for divorce and filed it. When the kids were with my mother, I had Carrie served. <laughs> the deputy knocked on our front door and I let him in and pointed at my wife. He asked her name and then handed her a copy of the divorce petition. With the deputy standing there, I told Carrie I knew all about her affair with Paul. But I didn't tell her how long I'd known. I told her to go be happy with her doctor lover. She screamed at me, tried to lie, and then made the mistake of rushing towards me. The deputy stopped her and warned her that women go to jail for domestic violence too. He suggested she pack a bag and stay somewhere else. Carrie left after I promised not to tell the kids about her affair. <laughs> I didn't tell the kids. But I did tell my mother, who told my sister, who told her kids, who then told my kids. It took a few days, but eventually the kids knew that dad was divorcing mom because she had a boyfriend. In the end, the court granted my divorce, giving me primary custody of our kids because I was already their primary caretaker. I kept the house with the promise that I'd refinance to buy out Carrie's half, and she was ordered to pay me child support. And I used that fact to negotiate with her to give up any rights to my retirement if I bought her out. I was able to refinance my home, and with a little borrowed money from my parents, I bought out Carrie's portion of my home and my retirement. The day that Carrie signed all the paperwork, finally ending any possible financial obligations to her was the happiest I'd ever been. <sighs> I felt like I could finally breathe. I celebrated with Anne, who'd been my rock throughout all of this. I'm not ashamed to say that through the years, I'd cried many times in her arms. Anne and I would eventually get married. She got promoted to a higher position, and I was convinced to take back my previous position at the district. Carrie and I got along well after the divorce. We took the kids to family therapy and worked out this co-parenting thing. For a few months, Carrie took a real beating from the kids about why she needed a boyfriend when daddy was there. Bet <laughs> Between the kids and the therapist raking her over the coals, I didn't have to say anything at all. Carrie missed a lot of time with the kids because of her now legitimately busy work schedule, and I actually felt bad that my kids were missing time with their mother. So I encouraged them to talk to her on the phone instead. When Carrie found out that I proposed to Anne, she congratulated me. I told her it's okay for her to marry Paul, too. 
She got sad. She told me that Paul had started seeing another woman, a younger nurse at the hospital, because with Carrie's new position, she didn't have time for him, and when they did get together, she wasn't fun anymore. My ex-wife, the woman who had cheated on me and destroyed our marriage, was looking to me for sympathy. I had none to give. What I had was years of anger and frustration. Years of knowing that some other man was sleeping with my wife. I'd lost weight from not being able to eat. I'd suffered hypertension and had to confide in my doctor that it wasn't the stress of my job. I had to listen to my dentist complain that I was grinding my teeth and I would need dental implants if I kept that up. There were times when I had to be intimate with Carrie to keep up the charade. Fortunately, it was only infrequently. And I had to lie that I wanted to use condoms to remind me of what it was like when we first started dating or because I might have a bladder infection. Then, I would go take an STD test anyway and wait for the results before seeing Anne again. But in the end, it was all worth it. Sure, Carrie got a big payout when I bought out her half of the house in the retirement. But that's been trickling back to me through child support and she lost everything else. Her kids only saw her every other weekend and spent a couple of holidays with her. Paul dumped her, and he was no great catch anyway since he was twice divorced with five kids and paying alimony and child support through the nose. I kept my kids, my house, my income, my retirement, I got Anne, and I'm genuinely happy. If that's not pro-revenge, then I don't know what is. Wow, OP, you had the patience to endure that cheating for three and a half years. Personally, I don't know if I would have had the strength to do what you did. But it sounds like you're lucky that you did what you did, because if you had acted emotionally when you first found out, then your wife would probably have the house, the kids, and the alimony. OP, this story is truly a masterpiece of r slash pro revenge. That was r slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow this podcast, because I put on new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.